Computer, initialize Holosuite. So, um, I would say that you did pretty well for an episode that you probably haven't seen in a long time. Uh, you got the name of the other ship, correct? The USS Defiant. You got that, uh, you said that they were, it was stuck in like a sub, inter, subspace thing. And it was actually inter, interphase, but that's pretty close. I mean, that's, pretty good. yeah, that's pretty good. I think that you get, you, you get part marks for that. You also were able to, um, talk a little bit about the sort of lasting effects of this episode when you mentioned uh, Enterprise and Discovery where the Defiant sort of mysteriously reappears and we can we can get into some more detail about that later on. And then you also knew that it was like a search mission for a, a missing ship. So you you know you kind of got sort of the sort of initial plot. Yeah, right? one of the, yeah one of the things that I must say when you're under the pressure and you've only got 60 seconds, and you're just kind of having this like dump of information. It's and tough. sometimes you kind of get a bit rambling. It's um, tough. And yeah, I think that this episode specifically, I kind of remembered the legacy more than I remembered the episode. Like I mentioned, I think I maybe have seen this once and uh, it just popped into my mind because I remember the USS Defiant. Because actually, there was a time even during Deep Space Nine where I was like, uh, they brought in the Defiant, and I was like, oh, like, didn't they already have that one? It's just like a reuse of the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and you mentioned kind of like the Tholian ships making the web, which is like where the whole episode comes from. So I kind of missed that aspect of it. Um, yeah. And uh, I missed uh, Kirk going missing and stuff like that as well. But you know what? For my first one, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to feel too, too bad about it. Um, let's hit me with it. What, what do you think? Give me a score. All right, because you got, I, I'm gonna be, I, I'm gonna give you um three phased starships out of five, because okay. I think you got um you didn't really get a lot of plot points, but you got a lot of little other things. So I think I think I think that's worth three out of five. All right, you know what? I'm gonna take it because odds are okay. next week I'm gonna. Uh... You'll take it. <laughs> okay, you can I... have it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like in the future there may be some zeros, so I think three out of five I am super, super happy with. If I get um, any, if I get a lot of original series, there may very well be some zeros. <laughs> put up on the board? Yep. All right, well, let's, look at, let's take a little closer look at this episode. Uh, this is the Tholian Web. It's the original series, season three, episode nine. The original air date was November the 5th, 1968. Uh, some big guest stars here, Sean Morgan as Lieutenant O'Neill. And Barbara Babcock as Owaskeen, or at least the voice. Um, 
This one was written by Judy Burns and Chet Richards, directed by Herb Wallenstein. Um, apparently, this also, Ralph uh, Sarenstein was the original director, but he was fired uh, sometime during production. So, the Enterprise is in an uncharted region of space, looking for her sister ship, the USS Defiant, that had gone missing without a trace three weeks ago. They encounter a glowing green ship that can be seen with the eyes, but not picked up on any sensor readings. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Chekhov beam over to find that the crew is dead. It appears that they've killed each other. McCoy soon discovers that the ship seems to be phasing out of space, so they decide it's best that they beam back to the Enterprise. Unfortunately, due to some power loss, the Enterprise can only beam back Spock, McCoy, and Chekhov before the Defiant, with Kirk aboard, phase out of space. Spock takes command and sends Scotty to fix the engines and McCoy to find a cure for an apparent anger-induced illness that caused by the interface space for too long. To make matters worse, a quick decision leads to the Enterprise blowing up a Tholian ship, which are residents of the area, leading them to attempt to trap the Enterprise in a Tholian web. Oh no! Alright, so there we have it, Matt. Um, so what do you think of this episode? Give me your overall impression of uh, what you thought. I thought it was a pretty good original series episode. It was kind of an interesting premise, and I thought there would be a bit more Tholian web involved, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I thought it was pretty good. It was not typical. It wasn't really difficult to get through. So, yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. How about you? Uh, I'm about the same. Um, I think that this is a really good uh, original series episode, um, especially since Kirk isn't really in it that much. This is kind of a, an episode where some of the other players kind of take the main stage. Um, you think the original series, you always think Kirk, Spock, McCoy, beam down, solve the mission, and off they go. But I felt like this episode was more of like a Spock-McCoy episode, right? Like Kirk is there at the beginning, comes back at the end, but it's actually more about their dynamic, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, I think that, yeah, this one kind of um, cruises along nicely. It's maybe a little long. I think the you were mentioning that the original series episodes are all 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's a little bit of dragging, but I mean, in terms of some of the other ones I've seen, this one is, uh, is pretty good. I like all the mystery at the beginning. They do a really good job of setting this one up and yeah. then kind of you know, you kind of piece it together as they're piecing it to de- together as they go. Yeah. You know, um, do you remember the first time you ever saw this one? Uh, yeah, like like four or five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I'd never, I, I don't believe I've ever seen this episode, at least not start to finish all at once. Uh, but I don't know, I don't think I've ever, I've actually seen this one before. So uh, this was the first time for me and... Saw it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Good, good. What about you? You, you. I think you mentioned last when you're recalling it that you'd seen it before. Do you remember when I had it was? I had seen it um, once, and again, I think when I was in college, I had found like a top twenty or a top ten uh, original series episodes, and this this one was on it, and so I think I had watched it. Um, that being said, when I rewatched it for this, it didn't really come back to me as much as I remembered. Like I probably was kind of only half paying attention. Um, I remember the Green Defiant. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that remind- like, I kind of remember that. And I remember the big Tholian helmet uh, face. For some reason, I, I like maybe that's like a Daft Punk thing or something. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, that looks like really familiar. Or that maybe it was like a meme or something that uh, just kind of like sunk into my subconscious. But um, yeah, I mean, for a second time watch through, I thought that this one was pretty solid. Cool. 
All right, I mean, there's not a ton of background information on some of these old episodes. Um, I mean, yeah. there's been yeah. lots of books written and lots of podcasts spoken about them and stuff like that. But um, in terms of some of the background information, one of the interesting things, this is kind of the first one that we've seen that was co-written by a freelance writer, um, yeah. which was yeah. kind of a popular thing back then and as well in Next Generation where you could have people writing scripts, sending them in, um, and having them, you know, actually end up on TV, which is kind of really cool. So, um, yeah, apparently it was a freelance writer and her husband. Um, but it was originally kind of like more spirits going through space, and Roddenberry insisted on it being science, right? Like that was his whole thing, right? Had to have like a scientific rationale for it. Yeah, I think I think part of the reason that he did that was because he didn't, like spirit sort of implies like a religious sort of, Right. thing and I think he wanted to try to avoid the pitfalls associated with that and maybe right. avoid having people sort of like oh this is this is all about religion I want nothing to do with it or anything like that so I think he was I think and I mean it kind of makes sense to have it sort of have a scientific basis because I mean it's a science fiction show and yeah. true yeah he was like super atheist right yeah, I well, that's like, probably part of it too. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think there are probably some episodes of Deep Space Nine that would probably, you know, oh boy, he, he would not like. Uh, you know, we'll maybe get to those ones eventually, but um, yeah, definitely, I think uh, his religious beliefs kind of, or lack thereof, maybe, um, just kind of got rid of that spirit stuff. But I think that was pretty common, actually. They buy the idea. And they tweak and, and switch it and stuff like that. Yeah, so that yeah. But you still got a writing credit, which is really cool. I think he would have. There's a lot of things about Deep Space Nine that Gene Roddenberry <laughs> would not have really uh, been too keen on. Yeah, very, very true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to dig up interesting things about these old episodes because, I mean, really, if you think about it, a lot of these people that made them are probably not even alive anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you can just go and do an interview and put it on the internet, right. which you can probably do with a lot of the more modern uh, Star Trek. So. It's true. Even, yeah, even if they are alive, you're talking about 50-plus years. I mean, they're not going to really remember. What, like, oh, remember this random episode that you did way back when? Like, they've done a million things. Yeah, like, right? if you go, you go to, like, a, the, the visual effects person, be like, so how did you get the Define to glow green like that again? The guy's right. probably not going to be able to remember, or at least. Yeah, and then did you watch this on the Netflix, like, the re-imaged, re, uh, redone yeah. effects? I did, yep. Yeah, I thought that they looked really good. I actually went back and looked at a couple of like the, what it actually would have looked like back in the 60s. And yeah, they've really done a nice job uh, tuning these ones up and making them look really, really good. Because uh, when the ship is putting the webs on and everything like that, um, the old 60s one, it just is just, I mean, you get the idea, but it doesn't look as crisp, right? Like I think that they, that is one of the nice things about the new re-uploads is they look really great. Yeah, they do look good. And I think they've also... But they've also done a really good job of staying true to the original. Like they've yes. sort of like they they they've updated it, but they haven't really changed right. the overall look. They've just sort of made it. They just sort of use technology that they have now that they didn't have then to yeah, make it just to crisp it up. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. And that's I, I'm really as you know I've watched a few other original series episodes in the last I don't know a couple of weeks, and yeah, they look really nice redone, but they don't look they don't look like they were those scenes were made. And just sort of thrown in, mm -hmm. you know, they don't look out of place. I yeah, guess is definitely. what I'm trying to say. All right, well, let's take a look at the plot here, and I guess it makes sense to start with a teaser. Um, yeah, that sounds is, like a good place to start. Yeah, um, <laughs> they uh, they're out looking for the missing Defiant, and um, they're in unsurveyed space. 
Uh, they find it squalling green. Um, they can't pick it up on the sensors. What did you think of the teaser? I thought the teaser was. I thought it was pretty well done. Like it, the, right off the beginning, you can tell that there's something really serious going on. It was pretty ominous. There wasn't like a, the captain's log wasn't right away. There's like just sort of like all these people are really intense. They're really focused on what they're doing, and then we yeah we find out they're like searching for this ship that's been gone for several weeks. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I liked the music a lot. I think it kind of made it very feel ominous. The visuals looked really good. Um, and I think that it's one of those things where by the time they they hit the theme song, you're invested. You're like, what is? Why is it phasing out of space? You know, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, uh, what's this going to be all about? Which I think is that that's what you want from a teaser, right? Is you just want to kind of hook people, and they did a really good job of that. Yeah, just like set the tone, and I thought they yeah, I thought they did a pretty good pretty good job of, of just setting it up. Yeah. yeah. So they we come back. They hit the spacesuits. <laughs> yeah, gotta love the spacesuits like this is super duper 60s spacesuits with the technicolor yeah. the big name tag did you pick that up i saw the name tag yeah so the name tag not bad uh so over they go spock kirk uh, mccoy Chekhov. were you surprised that they sent Chekhov? um a little bit but that sort of told me that they weren't they were all going to make it back because they can't right. kill Chekhov. <laughs> yeah exactly we know that he's going to show up later on so um, yeah, I was kind of a little bit, I was like, oh yeah, they're sending Chekhov. That's kind of like an interesting thing. I guess, um, he's like the weapons expert or the security guy or something. So maybe that like adds to it. Maybe. Yeah. That might've been it. So anyway, they send him over and, um, they, they're checking out the ship. Um, what, what did, did you, find? what did they find? Yeah. What did they, they find? They the find ship? the captain and, uh, I, I, I get, I was kind of like filling in my own little backstory. I figured it was like the first officer. Uh, like choking him out yep. over the cabin, you know, completely sprawled bodies everywhere. Yeah. Um, McCoy kind of pieces together. It looks like they all killed each other. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Because uh, you haven't, you haven't actually seen this episode before. That's right. Yeah, this was the first time I'd watched it start to finish, and uh, that was pretty. It was like kind of a pretty intense thing to be like, oh wow, the everyone's gone berserk and gone crazy and the captain got choked out by I, I thought it was like whoa something like serious is going on here yeah now did you think that somebody was going to like pop up or do you think somebody was going to be like one person was alive it was like a battle royale or um did you think at all uh i had a pretty good idea that they were probably all dead yeah. But, yeah, who knows? There was one scene actually where um, the camera pans. I think like Chekhov turns around and the camera pans, and there's kind of a guy at a comm station. And I thought, oh, he's going to wake up or he's going to pop <laughs> up and it's going to be a jump scare. Uh, yeah. It didn't happen. So they oh. actually just all are dead. Too um, bad. Too bad. Um, Bones, he goes to like, you know, touch the table or press it on the table. Hand sinks through. Yep. Uh oh, the ship is phasing out. This is yes. not good news. Uh, did you like that visual? Did you think that looked good? Yeah, I thought it looked pretty pretty cool, uh, especially for like the 1960s. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about it. Apparently, they kind of took like a transparency, like you know, in school, and they kind of merged the two things together yeah. and made it kind of look like it. I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Um, so they decide to get out of Dodge, and um, when they when they do, there's no power on the Enterprise. I hate when that of course there's no power when they really need it there's never enough power there's never enough power so they can only send back three of the four and they're gonna get the fourth one on the second try um how convenient yeah it's very convenient <laughs> um 
So Kirk decides he's going to stay behind. That makes sense, right? He's the captain. Go down with the ship, even if it's not your own. Um, and Spock says, you know, I'll stay too. I'm the science guy. I'll do some more reading and stuff. Nope. He, Kirk insists. Makes it an order even. Yep. Sends him back. Over they come. Chekhov checks the plasma. Plasma screen TV that's like conveniently placed on the back. Oh, yes. And uh, they can't do it in time. They're too slow. That's, so, yep. Uh, Scotty could not get a lock. Yeah, th- that, that has to be one of the most common and classic Trek tropes. When yeah. you're trying to get the lock and like you're like putting the sliders and like it's kind of like coming back but not really. Like, I can't get the lock. I'm trying so hard. I'm, I'm yeah, pushing yeah. the sliders. Yeah, those, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lean on those sliders. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, you're right. The, the, they can't get them. The Defiant vanishes and right in front of their eyes and they're like oh no where's the ship where did Kirk go what happened though he's gone he's so, gone um, I'm gonna let you tell us about the next little bit because I know it's like one of your absolute most favorite things about this episode <laughs> you were mentioning it a little bit earlier um, they go back to the bridge yeah you know, they're trying to figure out they get back to their stations hit me with it yes yeah, Spock uh, so Spock does some of his you know fancy calculations and he figures out that uh, at some point in time, the ship is going to reappear and they'll have a chance to get Captain Kirk back. And while this is going on, Chekhov, uh, he makes this really strange, weird, sort of angry um, remark about all oh, this, this this stupid region of space. And then he just goes completely off the rails. And he, who, who is it that he punched? Wasn't it the, was it the guy sitting next to him? Was it Sulu? Or I can't remember. Yeah, he just kind of He goes, just like punched somebody and he or... starts yelling. And yeah, they have to like, Restrain him and drag they gotta, him. No, they got to use the Vulcan nerve pinch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The nerve pinch. I love that shot of, uh, like, it's kind of like that down the down the tunnel kind of shot, and you just got Leonard Nimoy's face. Check off, check off, check off. He's, yeah. like, screaming at him. I thought that was just absolutely great. It doesn't work, yeah. so he's got he's to gotta give him the nerve pinch. Yeah. Uh, McCoy out of nowhere. McCoy Fuck just, me. you know, hanging out on the bridge. Oh, there's a medical emergency. How convenient that I'm here. That's true. It's kind of weird. They never had like a station to like work at or stand at. Yeah. He just kind of was always just. He's always just like standing, standing behind the captain's chair. Because like yeah, later on they gave Beverly Crusher like that little bench. Like it wasn't really like a chair. It was like the bench. You can have a bench. Yeah. You're not gonna be here that often anyway, so you know what? Yeah. Just sit on the bench. Anyways. It's just for any pictures that we need to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chekhov goes a little crazy, and they end up taking him to sickbay and McCoy's trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with him. And I mean, to make matters worse, in comes the Tholians, right? The Tholians arrive, yes. Yeah, so um, the one thing I think about the Tholians is a really cool ship. I thought it was like a really neat design. It almost looked like, uh, you know, this is a bit smaller, could be almost like a, like a little shovel or something like that. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the ship? Like, like the design? Like that? Yeah, the ship looked pretty cool. It was kind of like a like a three, sort of had like the three points on it, kind of triangular looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, what about the, uh, what about the person inside the, uh, I guess it was a helmet? Is that what that was? Kind of looked like a... I think it was a helmet, yes. Loskeen, I guess is the name. So, yep. uh, did you think it's cool looking species? Cool looking alien? 
I thought it was pretty neat for for the original series. Kind of yeah. imaginative. It was a little bit different. Yeah, and it was kind of like the way that it was filmed on screen was like kind of like really close up in the face and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. anyway, they decide that they're going to give them the amount of time because they got one hour. That's all it's going to take. Then Kirk's yep. going to be back. He's going to phase back in. Um, hour goes by, burns it up, and... They try to get Kirk back, and that don't work. Something went wrong. So yeah, were you surprised that they didn't get him back in the first try? I was a little bit, yeah. Uh, I I I thought maybe it was far enough along in the episode that they would get him back, and then maybe they'd have to deal with the the Tholians. But yeah, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. Then when they didn't get him back, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Then I didn't really remember that many original series episodes without Kirk as like a big part of it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, I thought that that was that was kind of a neat thing, and I love the fact that as soon as like, as soon as the time runs up, they give them one hour, and what is it, one hour eighty three minutes or something like that, and as soon as as soon as it's up, just to, the, to like the second, yeah, to the second, you know, here comes the renowned Tholian uh, punctuality. They That's just right. they just put them on blast. <laughs> they just start hitting the hitting the Enterprise. So Spock decides there's no other choice. He weighs the options, everything like that, and uh, he blows up the ship. Um, McCoy is against it. Uh, him and Spock are really bumping heads at point at this point, right? They can't seem to agree on anything. Yeah. Um, who do you side with when it comes to Spock and McCoy? Well, I mean, I kind of see both sides. I I almost feel like I would side with Mister Logical. Yeah, true. I mean, that's one of those things about logic, right, is that you can look at it from two different point of views, right? Yeah. Um, I tend to kind of go with McCoy here because uh, Kirk kind of, like, sacrificed himself for them to get away, right? So I was kind of thinking that that was probably the the wise thing to do is to, you know, like, get away from there. I mean, obviously they're never going to do that, but um, yeah. I was kind of in McCoy's camp. I think that, like, DeForest Kelly is just so watchable. Like, he's just one of those actors that even when he's not actually, um, you know, saying anything, he's just, like, you, you just see him doing stuff in the back, and he looks uh, so interesting. So I find that, like, him very, very convincing. Mm-hmm. So um doesn't end there. They decide we didn't get him back. There's no power to leave. So they hit the, they go to the memorial. They're going to have a memorial for Captain Kirk. Um, yeah. I think that really great line by Spock, I shall not attempt to voice the quality of respect and admiration which Captain Kirk commanded. Each of you must evaluate the loss and the privacy of your own thoughts. Uh, what did you think of the memorial? Um, well, I thought that that line from Spock was pretty high praise. And, uh, you know, the memorial was I thought was kind of, uh, I thought it was pretty neat. You know, yeah. you, got, you, got, you, you, know, you gathered a bunch of the crew together, which... You know, you don't see them do very often in the original series. and Yeah, I actually read that this is the most number of crew members in the original series that they ever had in one spot, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always kind of interesting to see how they deal with, like, the death of uh, crew members and things like that. It's, like, one yeah. of those, like, famous, like, you know, rites of passage on ships and things like that. So well, last last week we saw what they did with renowned scientists. That's right. Beam, see, they beam them into space in torpedoes. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I think that that was, uh, it was a good scene. Um, and this kind of leads to, uh, you know, Spock tells McCoy, get back to the laboratory. You're going to be working on the cure. Yeah. He says, no, I, you know, it's not going to make it go any faster if I'm there. 
and we got to look at the tape. Yep. So. And they're um, already like starting to butt heads, which I think was sort of the whole point of this whole episode. Right. Yeah. And they're they're not getting along. Nope. And, um, <laughs> it's really kind of getting to a head, and uh, you know, Spock kind of, you know, tries to muscle him a little bit. Nope. We got to go watch the tape. So they go back to, um, they go back and get Kirk's tape. Yep. They get the tape. The last will and testament that he left. Um, what's your thoughts on the tape? Well, I I thought the tape was a little bit convenient that it was sort of like almost tailored Just to this like bit. exact situation, like these exact people as well. Yeah, it almost like you. It almost makes you wonder, like, does he record one of these before every like remotely dangerous mission to make sure that like oh the ship's gonna be looked after in case right. something and, happens. Yeah, and like, is there any you know does he do it for every like pair of people? If it's Scotty <laughs> and McCoy, okay. Record. <laughs> it's uh, Uhura and Chekhov. Okay, record. You know, and I think that like, what happens if they have been, if they have been working like so swimmingly, and they watch yeah. the tape, and it's like, you better make sure to listen to them. It's like, what? I have been listening to them. Yeah, We're yeah. miles away from where you died. It might not have made any sense, but um, yeah. I guess maybe that's just of the time. I, I thought it was a little, like way too convenient, but other than that, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, McCoy, in this scene, he does mention he was a hero in every sense of the word, yet his life was sacrificed for nothing. Um, is this McCoy overreacting, or do you agree? I think he was overreacting a little bit. I, I don't think it was maybe... It, I think to say it was for nothing is a little bit over the top, but... Save three people. He saved three people, Senior yeah. staff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And potentially the whole enterprise. So I, I think that he was just a bit on that side so i mean it's like i agree with the sentiment but i think he sort of went a little too far yeah <laughs> um and in amongst the you know the ships in interface you know they can't get the engines going and people are going berserker nothing's going right nothing's going right but you know what <laughs> uhura she's heading to bed yep so she's got her jammies on uh what did you think of uhura's jammies um i didn't really notice the pajamas so much <laughs> but i did notice the like cool like spinny thing like yeah, spinny like wardrobe thing that she had the in the corner yeah, yeah that, that was, was cool. pretty neat yeah so she goes to get dressed and brush her hair and do all the things that people do before bed and she looks in the mirror there's kirk kirk yeah she sees kirk floating in the mirror so did you and think that this was like a hallucination this is like uh what at, is this at first at first i thought it probably i thought maybe it was at first um be, you know, I thought this was one thing that they kind of did nicely is that they sort of only had one person see it at first. And then, right. um, you know, later on, Scotty sees him in engineering and I think a few other people saw him mm -hmm. in that point. So they were like, so that's sort of when you know for sure, like, okay, this isn't just one person or two people going crazy. Like something's going on here. Right. It ties in nicely because she runs out into the hallway. Mr. Spock, Mr. Spock. <laughs> and they assume like she's gone crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So she ends up like down in the sick bay with like the straps on. Like, yep. uh, you know, she's gone berserker as well. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, other people just start. And Spock even sees him at a certain point, right? Like yeah, they're all bridge. sitting on the bridge, and he, like, appears on the... Wasn't it, like, on the view screen? Yeah, like, kind of, like, off to the side a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think that one of the nice things that they did in this episode, as we kind of get near the end here, is they're really building up the tension. Like, it's happening... Like, Kirk's gone. You've got these Tholians, which are, like, little mosquitoes, you know? Like, they blew up the one, two came back. 
They're putting a big web around them. Yep. The engines are gas. People are going crazy. Employees working on the cure. Like they really have done a good job. Like how are they going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. Like they've amped yeah. up the tension to it, but at the maximum level, right? Um, yeah. And they don't really know how much time is left before they're going to either run out of power or like they're going to go crazy, like the people on the Defiant, right? Right. So I, I think that they did a really good job. Um, McCoy does find the cure though. Slightly before they end up leaving, he does find the cure. He does, um, and it turns out to be kind of like booze, like a <laughs> like an alcohol. Or, it looked like grape juice or like uh, orange juice or something. Yeah, it just looked like some kind of like generic like mixed fruit juice. And yeah, they sort of explain that it turns out to be like alcohol and some sort of Klingon nerve gas. Yeah, it's it's lethal in if you have it directly, but if you put it like in a drink or in parts <laughs> or whatever, it cures you. So hey, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit unexpected, but it's one of those things like whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Yeah, I know. It sounds like it might be a good drink. Maybe we can order one at the bar next time. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I I do remember reading that like um, when Star Trek was at the uh, they had like a big uh, discovery thing at. Uh, Vegas. Yeah. And one of the things you could have was this next stuff. It was like Romulan ale. But the only <laughs> problem was was like if you had the Romulan air, uh, ale, you like pooped like blue for like days afterwards. <laughs> People were like, what gives with this stuff? It was so, actually yeah. antifreeze. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if we can maybe find I, I know there's a Klingon beer. We should try to get one. And uh, yeah, we should have a couple while we record our next one. Um, <laughs> so we get to the end. The web's almost finished. They're putting on yep. the last threads. The last few There's strands. Like 60% yeah. power in the engines. Spock thinks that if he times everything just perfect, he can beam Kirk on while they hit the pa- hit the hit the gas. It's gonna happen like simultaneously. He's got it all figured out. They've done the they crunched the numbers, they checked it twice. Um, how'd you like the ending? Uh, I thought it sort of came a little quickly, but I, I thought the ending was pretty... I thought the ending was alright. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. I, I wish that they had said something about the Tholians. Like, I don't know how good that, like, that web thing... Like, how often does that come up, like, the web? Like, you, you know, you have a ship that's stopped, and you're gonna, like, spend days on end, like, putting an elaborate, like, web around... It's them. not. It's not a very. I wouldn't think it was a very effective weapon because it takes like days to deploy <laughs> yeah. it. So I, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of a strange way of taking over the ship. Yeah, but I, I mean, it works for the episode. It definitely was high tension when it was getting close to completion. Yeah, but yeah. they again, same thing. Like I mentioned, they got the scrollers. Can't get them. Can't get up. Oh, and there he's back. So. Um, but he collapsed. He did collapse. They had to get the, uh, what's that thing called? The medical thing. The hypo. The hypo, thank you. Yes. They got to get the hypo in there right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's almost medical. out of gas, yeah. right? He's yeah. almost out of air. So uh, they get the hypo into him. All is well. They go back to the bridge. You know, Captain Kirk back in the chair. Yeah. Classic. Everyone's gathered around as they typically do. And there's kind of like a McCoy... Spock wink, you know. We never watched the tape. Wink, wink, yeah, they right? like pretend like they never watched it, and they're right. like, "Oh yeah, we got along swimmingly while you were gone." Right, exactly. They just pretended like there was, was no, no problems. Time. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. That's the Tholian web. The Tholian web. All 
All right, well, that's the plot done and dusted. Let's take a little bit closer look at the characters, or at least the main players in this episode. Uh, I think, sure. obviously, the first and obvious spot to start with maybe is the Spock-McCoy relationship and the fact that Kirk really isn't in this one. I mean, he's at the beginning, and then he's lost in space, and then he comes back at the end. But really, like, Spock-McCoy are the center stage here. What did you think of uh, their interactions? Um, did you like it, not like it? Is this typical? What do you think? Uh, I think that any time that Spock and McCoy have a chance to sort of go at each other is kind of, I think it's good because they're very much polar opposites when you really think about it. Spock's the logical one. McCoy's a little bit more of an emotional kind of person. So I, I, I thought in this episode it was pretty, pretty good because they, you know, they had plenty to argue about and Kirk was gone. They were trying to get him back and, and they had differing opinions on how to do that. Yeah, there's a great line where uh, Spock says, Doctor, I'm in command of the Enterprise. And McCoy says, I would like to remedy that. And yeah. That's, that's getting... Yeah, I, I remember that, actually, now that you mentioned it. Yeah, that, that is kind of getting close to it. And, I mean, there, there's a couple of times, too, where Spock's almost a little def, uh, dismissive. You know, you need to get back to the laboratory and be working on the cure. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bones kind of hits back with, uh, you know, me being there will not affect the biochemistry of the test. Like, they're really, really at each other here. Um, and I think that that is kind of the shining star of the episode. I think that that is, um, I think that's what kind of makes this one, uh, this one memorable and it makes it really good. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. In terms of guest stars, we got Lieutenant O'Neill. And I don't know, I think Lieutenant O'Neill actually kind of pops up periodically throughout the original series. Or he's at least in maybe a couple episodes, perhaps. Yeah, yeah you could be right. Um, I mean, he doesn't really do a ton here. He does get them back with the original uh, beam back from the Defiant. Um, yes. He's no Scotty. <laughs> yeah, Scotty I thought it was... all four of them back. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny when um, like they get the first three back and then he's sort of sitting there and he's working away and then they're like, oh no, there's a problem. And all of a sudden, Scotty's just like, all right, move yeah, on, my buddy. Sure, and he yeah. just sort of like stands and he's like, shrugs his shoulders and he's like sitting there <laughs> watching, you know, so poor, poor O'Neill just, just... I'll push the button, don't worry. <laughs> I mean, just doesn't quite have the transporter skill of... If I'm ever locked in interface space, like I want Chief O'Brien there. On the, aisles, oh, yeah. on, on the levers with the toggles. <laughs> He'll make sure that I he get, I get back. That's right. Yeah, O'Brien is the transporter whiz of all transporter whiz. I feel like if transporting was a real thing, I would be kind of like the Enterprise crew where like they were afraid to use it. <laughs> I don't want to end up like... Remember that, that scene in the motion picture when they like, they like, oh, we got to get this guy and it like doesn't work and he ends up like being a monster? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, that would terrify me. Yeah. Um... We also get uh, Nurse Chapel, so I mean, she shows up in tons of episodes, but she kind of um, has kind of a, a pretty important part here. She's helping with the cure, yep. and yep. Uh, she has um, one of the Berserker crew members in the um, in the medical lab. McCoy's doing the, you know, he's got his Erlmeyer flasks, he's got his test tubes, <laughs> he's working on it, turns away, and... The guy grabs the inanimate carbon rod and he's gonna, you know, wall up the doctor. <laughs> Dr. McCoy! Dr. McCoy! 
And of course, it leads to the big like thunder roll tumble over the table, which is always great. Yep, and then and then of course, Nurse Chapel realizes like way too late that oh, I could just grab this hypo spray and just yes, just, yeah, zap the guy and he'd be done. So that was one of the berserker characters, the guy in the medical room. Uh, what were the other berserker characters? So there was Chekhov. There was the one in uh, engineering. Okay, yeah, Chekhov was the first one. Uh, then you've got the engineering guy. He does like the clothesline off the top of the stairs, takes <laughs> yeah. Scotty out. And then there was the one in the memorial. The memorial. Our Captain Kirk is dead. Ah! Yeah, the moment, yeah, in the middle of the moment of silence, he just like punches a couple people and like, <laughs> starts yelling. And then there is the uh, the person in the medical bay. And was O'Hara actually Berserker or was she just. No, they just thought she was because she was a little. She wanted a little. Got a little excited when she saw Captain Kirk. He's alive! He's alive! <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, the Tholian captain, uh, Loskin. What did you think of? Uh, what did you think of her? Yeah, I thought the the I thought the Tholians were kind of cool. Um, they were very different looking uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they didn't yeah. really use them again. Eh? Like, uh, do you kind of wish that they had? Yeah, I guess it would have been kind of interesting to see maybe what like. Next Generation or Deep Space Nine would have done with them. Yeah, I think they they, they, do, they do show up in like an Enterprise episode, I think. They do, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, that's kind of a cool little callback. I think it's like yeah. one of those things where it's always kind of like a neat little um, Easter egg if you use one from the past, you know? People yeah, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the cast. Um, the quotes, um, I guess we could kind of go through some of our favorites, or if you want to just pick our absolute favorite, it doesn't matter to me, but... Um, we talked about the renowned Tholian punctuality, um, yep. and uh, I'm sure the captain would simply have said, forget about it, Bones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting line. It's actually the only time that Spock refers to Dr. McCoy as Bones. That's, you know that? that's correct, yes. Um, and he, he doesn't even directly do it. No, he's yeah, because he's quoting what, what Kirk, Kirk would have said. said. That's right. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. So, we get multiple fascinating. Line. Well, I think that's true in just about every episode of the original series. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of like his like thing, right? That was like his, his um, what's the catchphrase? Yeah, I think that everybody always thinks Kirk and, or sorry, everyone thinks Spock and live long and prosper, but that actually doesn't come up as often as you think. No, but no, you're right. Yeah. Fascinating is definitely yeah. the one that you hear a lot of. Um, I also liked, uh, if we don't, you know, if it doesn't happen by then, we may, we sh- well, we shall not see home again. Kind of a cool Spock line. Yeah, Spock. Spock's have quite a few cool lines in this uh, this episode. And then um, I mentioned it earlier, but it's one of my favorites as well, which is, does it make a good mix for scotch? Because, you know, <laughs> Scotty loves his scotch. He's just got a one-track mind. Yeah. Fixing, well, two tracks. Fixing uh, fixing all the broken things on the ship and a good bottle of scotch. Yeah, I, uh, I do Preferably like that. in that order. Yeah, I always loved how... Um, like, whenever they showed Scotty, like, in his leisure time, he was always just, like, reading, like, data manuals, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, when you're, like, a little kid, you get a new video game, and you, like, read the instruction manual before you start playing. He was always, like, he just, just read the manuals, pound on the scotch. Just love starships. Yeah. Yep. So, if you had to pick, what would your favorite quote be? I love the renowned Tholian punctuality. Because it was, like, to the minute, as I think we, we mentioned that already. Like, it was, like... Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think I'm going to take for my favorite quote of this episode, uh, does it make a good mix with scotch? That's always a good question to be asked. 
That's true. Yes. All right, let's hit some trivia production, some odds and ends. Uh, what did you find out about the uh, Tholian web? Well, so we talked about a little... We, we didn't really talk too much about the, the fisheye camera that they used in this episode to sort of illustrate the characters that were like under the influence of the, the interface. Yeah, and, that was really cool, actually. Yeah, it was. And uh, it's kind of funny because that was actually the idea of the original director who was uh, fired. Oh, <laughs> But then I guess they're like, oh, that's a good idea. We're just going to keep doing keep that. that <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. very first time when Chekhov is the one doing Berserk, I was like, oh, cool. Like, that looks really neat. Like I mentioned, uh, Spock's face is like right in his face and he looks like all. Yeah, because like Spock's arms were sort of like extended. So like they look like they're like these big, long, gangly yeah. arms off to the side. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I thought it was a really effective uh, way of sort of showing that, yeah, like something like this person's not in the right state of mind. Yeah, no, they did a really good job. The music is like very tense and everything else. Yeah. Um, so uh, another kind of interesting little piece is uh, Nichelle Nichols. This uh, was one of her favorite two episodes. So she, yeah. her favorite two were this one and uh, the other one was, um, do you know? I didn't write it down, but I don't remember. I can't remember. The Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, the Trouble with Tribbles. It's everyone's favorite. Everyone loves the Tribbles. Yeah, that is a good one. That definitely <laughs> is a good one. Um, what else did you dig up? Uh, maybe we could talk about the special effects. So there's the the glowing green defiant mm -hmm. uh, that we see off the the start, and then I guess there's also the Tholian web. We can, we can. Yeah, I thought the Tholian web looked awesome. I would. I mean, yeah. I don't know how effective it is. I don't know if it would really work, but I thought it was really cool. It's a cool idea in trapping somebody in a giant like circular web. Yeah, it would be, like we said, it would be a little more effective if it didn't take so long. <laughs> right, but it definitely looked really, really cool. There's also look, the, yeah. the hand yeah, the, hand, the table. Yeah, the hand through the table. We talked about that. Yeah, that, that was really, really cool. good. Yeah. Kirk in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't think of it now because, like, everything can be done at the touch of a button, right? But, like, at the yeah. time, the fact that he was, like, you know, in the mirror and he was really small and stuff like that looked really cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought that a lot of this stuff looked really good. And the fact that we were watching the remastered ones um, just added to it again. Yeah, I thought yeah. they all looked really, really cool. Yeah, the, yeah, the effects were, were pretty cool. And I even, like, when looked at, sort of compared how the original looked versus the remastered one. I mean, even the original is, you know, not, not bad. Yeah, I mean, again, for the time, it was state-of-the-art, right? Like, yeah. you're still 10 years away from Star Wars, right? So, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and then the environmental suits, um, they look dated now. They look cheesy. They're glittery. They got the big name tags and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess originally they were going to use personal force fields. What do you think of that idea? Uh, no, I, I'm very glad that they didn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, the whole the what what the sort of idea was that they would have like these big belts and the the belts would be like have this like personal force field around them and I really don't want to know what that would have looked like. Uh, yeah, that does. It was yeah. I would not. I don't think it would have been very good. And the problem too is is once you do that, it's kind of like you're almost stuck to it. Like yeah, you'd feel obligated to use it in the future or something. But yeah. I, I'm glad that they didn't. I mean, the suits didn't look terrible. And I mean, I guess their idea was like, this is what space suits look like now. So in the future, there'll be like this big black thing that comes up beside your head and your <laughs> name will be on it and it'll have buttons. Oh, the voice communicator buttons. Oh, on yeah, the push, that, yeah, right? yeah, that's so, right. Um, 
I mean, it makes sense, and it, it wasn't too, too bad, but yeah, it was definitely kind of funny. Apparently, these suits, like, uh, they sold them off at, like, a big auction, and they sold for, like, thousands of dollars. Which of course, is, yeah. And some, you know, somebody's got that sitting in their basement now, which I'm super Here, Here's about. a tidbit that you can file under maybe a little too much information, but uh, the suits, like, they didn't really have any zippers or anything so like anytime one of the actors had to like take a leak like they had to take the whole thing off and then <laughs> go and do their thing and then they had to pull put the whole thing back on again well that's probably like a real space suit wouldn't you think yeah you gotta take the whole thing off yeah but that, I, I mean i'm sure that's kind of annoying when you're trying to film yeah on schedule true. exactly <laughs> Anyways, um, All right, yeah, so you probably start... didn't need to know that, but <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Any little bit of interesting fact is always fun. Yeah. Um, let's. I think that this episode, like I, I myself even fell into, it's kind of more renowned for its legacy than um, for for anything else. So um, the Defiant ended up in the Mirror Universe. So I mean, this wasn't figured out until you know years before, right? Because. It shows up in the mirror universe, but on Enterprise. So it also ended up going back in time. Right. Um, and because it's on Enterprise, what are we talking? Like 100 years? 100 years? 100, 100 years, yeah. Yeah. That's so about right. Yeah. It goes back in time, and it also goes um, and it also goes into the mirror universe. And that was in Amir Garfu, right? That's like yeah. that like classic, classic, classic episode of Enterprise. Yeah, it's uh, it's a two part episode of Enterprise that's that takes place completely in the mirror universe. There's no like accidental. Oh, Archer accidentally flipped the wrong switch before beaming, right. or the shuttle pod went through this weird portal. It's like. They just, it's just strictly mirror universe. Yeah, and you know, I wish they would do that more often, rather than trying yeah. to find a, a way of making the two connect, because didn't they even change the theme song and yep. everything? Yeah, the, that shape, was the theme song, the intro, everything, yeah, it was totally, it was totally, totally yep, it was totally, total mirror universe, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea, actually. Um, and uh, the second time that it ends up showing up, which is my Matt trivia of the day. Oh, you're going to grill me again. I'm going to get you again. So... Um, the Matt trivia uh, question of the day is: It also shows up on Discovery. Yeah. Where? Like you don't need to be in the episode, but just when does it get mentioned? The Defiant gets mentioned. Well, it's when they're in the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, boy, this this is kind of embarrassing that it wasn't too long ago, and I can't really remember anything else when they. It's like mentioned, like it's not fo- like it's just sort of mentioned in passing. I think, isn't it? Like, isn't it like a diagram of something? Yeah, you, that's pretty much it. Yeah, good, yeah. good point. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm gonna give you the point for that because um, basically, when they get to the mirror universe and they figure out that they're in the mirror universe, they're like scrolling through some logs, and Michael Burnham finds the USS Defiant, and she realizes like, oh, this like belongs in our time. So if we can find it, then we could potentially figure out. Oh, how it got here yeah, so we okay. could get back uh good knowledge good memory so um actually that brings us to kind of the last little thing about uh star trek discovery um uh, because when they go over in the away team Chekhov mentions that it looks like it's a mutiny like yep. uh, they've gone for berserker and they've killed the captain everything like that and spock mentions that there's never been a recorded mutiny on a starship before yeah well, that's interesting because, as far as I'm aware, the USS Discovery is 
flying around 10 years before this happens, and the entire... Oh, sorry, sorry the USS Shenzhou yep. is flying around 10 years prior, and that entire war <laughs> was based on the fact that somebody mutinized. Mm. And they even call her the mutineer and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Spock forgot. Maybe Spock, like, blocked that one out because he didn't want to think of it. But isn't Spock, like, on the Enterprise at the time of, like, uh, Discovery he, Era? He, right? Theoretically, yes. He should I have think been he in. would remember that there was, like, a, like, huge Klingon <laughs> war that was... Or is he covering because it's his half-sister? Um, I think this is a byproduct of the creators of Discovery having not watched any of the original series. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, do you think they're going to maybe try to retcon it? Or they're just I'm sure they like, will eh, try to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was probably. just interesting. Did, did you, did that perk your ears up when uh, that came up or didn't even notice it? Uh, no, I, I, I think I noticed it. I think I wrote it down. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did write it down. I think it might just be a goof up, right? Yeah. They were probably like, yeah. watch all the original series. No way. Oh, come on. <laughs> 70 episodes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I guess we should hit the final comments, the final rating, shouldn't we? So, um, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, give me your final kind of uh, summary of what you thought of the episode, and give me a rating out of five Tholine Weebs. <laughs> um, I think overall it was a pretty good original series episode. It was definitely watchable. There was some good tension and conflict between McCoy and Spock and I thought that the sort of the whole interface thing was was uh, it was not terrible as sort of like a, a you know plot device so I, I'm gonna give it uh, three Tholian webs out of five okay good good um so I I'm thinking kind of the same thing um I don't think that this is an all-time classic for me um, but it was actually really good, and I thought that it uh, kept my interest and everything like that. Um, I think that it was obviously good enough that it spawned, you know, two other series to kind of make uh, homage to it and everything like that. Um, I thought the Tholians were pretty cool. Um, the ship was really cool. Uh, I think that this is a, one of those episodes where, you know, without Kirk there, you really get to see how the other characters interact when he's not around, which is really awesome. Um, I think that uh, I think I'm gonna give this one a solid four Tholian webs out of five. I'm gonna go with a four. I can't like I can't go to that next level, that platinum. I want to save my fives for like the real big heavy hitters. But this yeah. one is really solid, and for original series, I think this is yeah, this is gonna be up there. I think for me, so I'm going to go with four out of five. All right. Well, it's that time of the episode where we are going to reach into the giant Tholian helmet and pull out an episode for Matt to recall about. Uh, he's going to have one minute to do his best. He's going to try to come up with as many plot points, characters, quotes, trivia, anything that he can pull out of the depths of his cerebellum. He's going to tell us what he remembers about that episode. Um, and let's just reach in. Well, I hope it's uh, I hope it's a good one. And remember, if it is a double part episode, he's going to have to try to remember as much as he can from both episodes, and eventually, we will watch both parts. Okay, so here we go. Okay, 
We're back to the next generation. Oh, all right. And I actually remember this one a little bit, I think. So this is season five, episode 24, the next phase. Okay, before Matt starts, I'm just going to remind everybody who's playing along at home, you should grab a piece of paper, you should grab a pencil, you should take the time right now to pause the podcast, write down as much of it as you can remember. Again, you're looking for quotes, characters, plot points, B plot points, uh, anything that you can remember at all, and then you can give yourself a score out of five when we review the episode next week. Matt, are you ready? I think I'm ready, yes. For the next phase, one minute on the clock. All right, so in this episode, uh, there's like a Romulan science vessel that's in, in distress, and the Enterprise sort of responds, and uh, they try to help them, and in the end, uh, they end up losing Geordi and Ensign Rowe, and they and they don't actually die. They end up, it's funny we're talking about an interphase thing, because they actually end up being, being pushed out of phase, and they uh, everyone thinks they're dead, but they're not really dead, and then they sort of figure it out over the course of the episode. And in the end, they end up like reappearing in front of everyone at their own memorial service. And uh, one funny line from the episode is that um, Jordy, you know, Jordy sort of wakes up and comes to, and everyone's all like astonished. And he's like, Hey, this is a great party. Mind if we join you? Right. And it's like his own memorial service. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the uh, the plot. Um, obviously, Ensign Rose in it. There's a couple of Romulans that are like guest stars, and um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's about all I can remember. And that's all there is because you're out of time. Okay, right. I, I'm not gonna lie. That is that's pretty good. That's that's a smash. I've seen this one more times than I would care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I can add anything to that. I think that you. Yeah, you pretty much uh, hit a home run with that one. Um, I think that they go to phase because it's like a Romulan cloak that like misfires mm, yeah. mis or misworks or something. It was yeah, it was a, like an experimental thing. Experimental thing. Sort of and they yeah. were kind of they were kind of fiddling with it, and that's yeah. what put them out of phase. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a lot of scenes of them like running and like jumping through walls and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some it, there's some really good special effects if I remember correctly. It's like it, it's like the Tholian web all over again. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Next generation edition. Okay, kind well, you know what? Uh, that's, uh, I guess, going to do it for the podcast that week. That's um, it. Yep. We're going to thank everyone for joining uh, on Random Trek Review, and we hope that you'll all join us next time on RTR when we look at the next phase. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Her First Trek, a Star Trek review podcast. You, have you ever heard of the Spock? No, but I just, you're doing the hand movements, so I know exactly what so it is. So I used to work for a guy, brilliant guy, good, good mate, who used to joke about Spocking people. Where is this going? And it was like, if you didn't, if you didn't bust your ass in work, he was going to Spock you. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh. I mean, nowadays you couldn't really say that stuff. No. And you can only assume, if you put yourself in the... If you do the live long and prosper uh, gesture, you imagine, look at the hand, and if it's used in a sexual context of how one might be spocking someone. 
So you might be entering two different places, so to speak. I think you should edit this out. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Ladies Trek Library, a podcast by women with a passion for Star Trek books. The author of this book, Dana Kramer Rolls, this is the only Star Trek book she's ever written, which would explain why I've never okay. read anything from her before. Yeah, I heard that she did write some other sci-fi books, but no other Star Trek. Yeah. And she does seem like like she's a fan. It seems, From the way she handled the characters, I, I would say she is a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I definitely got the feeling that she was a fan. Um, and knew the characters. She has a PhD in folklore and history of religions. Cool. So that makes sense. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Starbase 1, the Star Trek Online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning. The structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase 1. Welcome to Starbase 1. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase 1 is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.